lyrically speaking, tends to usually move in the area of party and body parts rather than the <laughs> rather than well, the socio-critical. show a podcast about learning languages and reaching your potential hello hello my name is kirsten cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and i'm here with my co-host lindsay williams from lindsaydoeslanguages.com because lindsay does languages and here on the show we talk about languages communication curiosity and enriching our lives through the challenge of learning something new hello hello lindsay hello hello hey how you doing how's your how's your How's your Schildkröte? <laughs> How's your tortoise? <laughs> Schildkröte. <laughs> She's good. She's good. Kura kura in Indonesian. Um, oh, tortu, kura kura. Tortuga. Cherepaha in Russian. Oh, oh, it's essential vocab to it describe is your pets, isn't it? For me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just listened to myself during the intro then and I thought, how many times have I said languages? So people, this is a show about languages. And in today's episode, we have got, we've got a fun one. We've had a few tough weeks. We've worked hard. Women in languages just finish. We need some time to wind down. So we are going to give you a basket, a gift basket, like an Easter basket, because it's this is coming out nearly at Easter. This an Easter basket of hidden golden eggs of cultural pop cultural recommendations lots and lots of things that you can enjoy in another language but before that lindsay williams first of all how are you doing how's your languages i'm doing good languages are doing good how are you doing well yeah yeah i'm all right actually yeah. i'm getting there the sun is coming out the weather's been a bit hit and miss over the last few weeks and i've really felt that that was kind of messing with my mood but i'm coming back i caught up on about four homework chapters in the book that I'm reading for Welsh, for my Welsh course. So I feel accomplished this morning. Now, Lindsay, I recently, I went on Twitter and I was looking at hashtag L-A-N-G-T-W-T. So lang twit, lang Twitter. Okay, thank you. I almost had to type that out to understand. <laughs> thank <Yes>. you. <laughs> so it's like a really popular hashtag for the sort of language learners on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, audience members, listeners, and if you are um, interested in talking about languages and finding other language learners, L-A-N-G-T-W-T is your hashtag there, Langtweet, Langtweet. And I saw some people introduce themselves. They were like, oh, hi, I'm new to hashtag Langtweet and um, describing themselves. And somebody put, uh, my name is so-and-so, male, and then they put O2 liner. O2. Have you ever O2 liner? No, I know. I was like, what does that mean? The way they were introducing it, the way they were using it in the sort of, back in the day when we were on MSN and AOL Messenger, it would have been ASL, age sex location. So they were doing that. And the way it was O2 liner, I was like, does this mean, are they describing their age? Are they saying like, I am 20? How old are you? If you're, yeah, you're 20. So I went down the rabbit hole and did a little bit of a Google. And apparently this is a K-pop thing. Ooh. Right? So you are describing yourself with the year. As, and then you say liner. Like your line is the year that you are born. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, I wondered, because you've been learning Korean before and stuff, but you're not really a K-pop no. fan. What do you call no. a K-pop fan? A K-popper. A K-popper? <laughs> I made that up, but I like the sound of it. You're not popping the Ks. K -k -k, like that. <laughs> yes. With a pop sound. No, well, we're both not K-pop people really so much um, for today's uh, episode. Where we, we're talking about our pop culture recommendations. I think that'll become very obvious very quickly that we're not really K-pop people. But I was absolutely unfamiliar with this and I thought that was really interesting. And I wonder, so listeners, if you are familiar with this liner thing, let me know if we have described the grammatical, described the use of it correctly. Whether this is a phenomenon from Korean, I wonder, whether the Korean language has some sort of a thing to do with it or whether it is just like a K-pop thing. But there yeah, is, I have seen it around. There, There is like a WhatsApp type app, isn't there, called Line, that I think it, is quite big in East Asia, maybe. A WhatsApp app. Like WhatsApp, like a chat app called Line. Oh, I interesting. I wonder if it's connected to that. So it's like saying that you use that 
Huh? Maybe? I don't know. I could be mm. totally way off. That's it. Okay, so if there's any further cultural context, please let us know. Or if you just feel old or you feel very young, please let us know. <laughs> I love hearing your feedback. You can do it on Twitter, hashtag LangTWT if you want to, or um, if you want me to actually see it, at The Fluent Show is where you can find The Fluent Show on Twitter. Now, after this word of the week, I'm also going to do app of the week, which is our sponsor app. We have to give them a shout out. And I've recently gotten strong. Like, I have... Oh, no, hang on. I, I think I skipped yesterday. I had a two-day streak going. Is, it's a lot for me. That I'm is a lot not. for you. It is, yes. Yeah. So, and I cared. I was like, okay, let's do it. And I will go back to it today. So I've got a little bit of a streak with holes in, like a Swiss streak I've got going. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. close, Master. And I'm back in Mandarin. I'm back experimenting, practicing with Mandarin. And I'm just so pleased with how much, considering I've not done anything in Mandarin, how much I'm remembering. So my HSK1 is getting solidified right now, getting practice with Close Master. And if you have not used Close Master, let me tell you what it is. It is an app that you can use on iOS. You can use it on your Android or you can use it on the web. It's got a really fun retro look. So I enjoy that. It looks a bit like space invaders or something it's really fun it's free and fantastic for expanding your vocab and the app has one core function one core game which is the close c-l-o-z-e exercise uh, where you will see a sentence in your target language with something missing is your challenge to fill in the blanks correctly and close master works with frequency lists or vocab collections so for the hsk1 which is a Chinese level slash exam, uh, it'll use relevant vocab for that. So even for me as a bit of a Chinese beginner dummy, I can still get a lot out of it. But there's also something called a fluency track, fast fluency track, which uses the most frequent words. And that determines which words go missing from the sentences. So you're always going to learn the most important words, making it efficient. And we like a bit of efficient. And best of all, Closemaster is available in over 50 languages so lots of languages that we're going to mention today and Lindsay, one of your faves guarani i believe oh hey hey <laughs> amazing and also for me i can use it in welsh and agamraig and like i mentioned already i can use it in mandarin chinese hanyu as well if you want to support the fluent show and try close master for yourself you can try it for free for as long as you like you can find also a bonus video at Closemaster, that's C-L-O-Z-E-M-A-S-T-E-R dot com slash Fluent Show. Head over there, let them know we sent you. And there's a video that I filmed showing you a little bit of my setup and a special voucher because if you use the code Fluent Show, you can get 10% off and that's 10% off lifetime. So no matter which plan you choose, it doesn't expire, anything like that. It is a bit of a deal for something that isn't very expensive and supports an independent app maker and gives you some really fun extra features. I've got a pro membership myself and I really enjoy it. So that is Closemaster. As always, thank you so much to Closemaster, the app for supporting the show. All right, Lindsay, how are we going to do this? I've got some questions to start us off to talk about pop culture in target languages but maybe we start off with a list of the kind of things we are recommending today and generally what you look for in pop culture and what you enjoy in it so what kind of stuff do you normally look at in in a, a, another language the sort of stuff that i would enjoy in my own language that's number one number mm -hmm, two mm -hmm. would be something that tells me something about the cultures associated with the language that I'm looking at. Number three, in particular with film, would be showing me somewhere or teaching me something that I don't know much about. Oh, it's... so it could be like one or one or two of those qualities. Yeah, so it's a mixture between that's interesting actually. So it's a mixture between very different. Yeah, I like something you already know, but then you get the added benefit of enjoying something you already enjoy in another language, which is more relaxing. And then you get the other side where it's you want to learn something new. And I guess that kind of brings up the question of like energy levels and the kind of thing that you look for 
in another language. I think it, it's not necessarily tr true to yourself to always expect some kind of highbrow extreme learning experience, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah. If we talk about film for a second, the kinds of films that break through into the English language film market mm -hmm. are often, not always, but often there's some level of pretense around that, right? Like it has to be something art housey and indie and extraordinary to make that breakthrough. And I think that with, with things like Netflix, for example, giving us closer access to more, more commonly viewed content in that, in that way, I think that really helps. If you think about, I know we were chatting just before we hit record about some, was it Queer Eye? You said they're making in German, right? Yes, there's that a Queer Eye Germany. Is amazing because if you already watch that in English and you're familiar with that concept in English, to then watch it again in another language just gives you more of what you already love with the bonus of learning the language. And also, there's probably more German people watch that than watch the fancy German film that makes it to Cannes or to the Oscars or whatever. So I think that's something worth considering as well, is that it doesn't have to just be the stuff that feels, oh, it's foreign, it's not English, therefore it is superior. I think we can break that down to have a bit of a mixture of high and low pop yeah. culture, quote unquote. Yeah. And sometimes people ask me if watching TV in another language or listening to the radio, that's something I really like. I just like listening to daytime radio um, and just having it play along. And people then ask, does that count as studying? Is there something about it counting? And then on the other hand, it feels also to me like... There is a certain expectation, particularly in like online language learning communities where people really like to share and talk about the kind of pop culture they enjoy. It starts to feel like if you're not going out of your way or listening to music or if you're not watching TV in your target language that you're not learning properly. And I think neither of those is really entirely true. I think you can mix and match and there's just no point. Like You are not going to get a huge study benefit just from having songs play in the background no not really and and i think there's that kind of myth if you like well there's a partial truth to it right of like you hear of a lot of people learning english through watching friends or watching the simpsons and a lot of the time when we hear that we think oh so i just need to watch something or i just need to listen to music oh But yeah what's often ignored from that is when it's the other way around when it's people learning english the kind of penetration of english into the world as a I just in general is so much greater yeah and those people have school lessons be, in English right often that's the case or they'll be in the country where English is spoken there's lots of other factors that go into it so yeah you can watch stuff you can listen to stuff and you can learn from it but it will likely be in association with other things mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and I think that's a I think there is a there's a real like assumption or there's many assumptions around this and i think you can be a you can be a language learner in the 21st century particularly if you're on if your level is fairly low you can absolutely be a language learner without enjoying pop culture and you can get a little bit out of it like again um, if i cite chinese as an example um i I watched Yabla in Chinese and Yabla, you know, does a lot of uh, treatment around what I am watching to make it more accessible to me as a learner. But that is not sitting back and chilling and like relaxing and giving my brain a rest. That is a type of study where I am taking notes and I am kind of listening through what they are saying and getting a lot more out of it. So I would say take it with a grain of salt, the idea that you have to do these things. We just, I just hosted a workshop last month. Oh, you um, did, yeah. Called Music Maestro. And we looked at three kind of core areas, discover, consume mm -hmm. and create. Yeah. And you can choose what the balance looks like. And discover is really easy to get stuck in that phase of, oh, I just want to find music. But it's really about what you choose to do with it. So that's probably going to be the smallest. And then consume is about like how you are looking at the lyrics, how you're exploring it, how you're looking at reviews, et cetera, et cetera. And then create is what you then 
produce in that language based on what you've discovered, what you're writing, what you're speaking about it. And so the ways that you choose to expand upon it, like you said with Yabla, it could be that you're watching and you're learning and you're actively participating in something more like that we would traditionally consider learning. Or it could be that you're just watching while you're having your dinner and you're chilling and you're just enjoying yourself. And both of those can exist Mm -hmm. and they can both coexist, which I think is really important. I can definitely give some examples of that when we come to talking about our different favorites. And from that from that very valid point, a weak link, we are going to get into our different favorites and also talk a little bit about, and Lindsay, if I can invite you as well, talk a little bit about how we enjoy these, why we enjoy these, and whether you do like consume, create, look at the lyrics more closely, or whether you say some of these are just, they're just enjoyable things that I have as part of my contact with my target language. And I, you know, it doesn't really matter so much. So I think it's about intentionality with these types of things. And again, not to expect just because you've got a podcast on in French or just because you're watching some YouTube videos that, that this is automatically going to make a huge difference. But it's part of like an every little helps. And I think it's also okay to consume media in your target language to consume pop culture in your target language to just enjoy it without it having to lead somewhere without it having to feel like it pays off and having to feel super productive with exploring is really valuable okay Lindsay, we've got music i've got some music points and you've got some music points i feel like for both of us music is our big one i think we're both in in our own separate ways we're both music fans and it plays a big part um, of our lives Yeah, yeah. And I think working the way that I do, um, working on my own, working from home, I listen to music a lot, mostly when I'm working, more so than like podcasts. I go through phases. Sometimes I, I will be able to listen to podcasts and work, but not in a long time. For a long time, it's been music. So yeah, I have mm. some, some things I wanted to share on that front. Yeah, interesting. I don't listen to music at all when I'm working. I work mm. almost in silence. Sometimes I listen to 642 hertz focus brain soul music or whatever YouTube wants to serve me. You know, this where it's just droning noises, but I don't listen to music. I can't anymore. I used to when I did my homework in school, <laughs> but these days, no. But I listen to music in the morning when I'm getting ready. I just have it on my little loudspeaker. Okay, so tell me about, we could go by language, but I think that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if it's music in a target language or not a target language. Yeah, and I've got a lot of music I listen to that is in languages that I've not ever learned, but I just love the music. So yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to, is your music in genres or is it like a list of faves from top to bottom? Lindsay's absolute must-haves? <laughs> My list is in the order of, and, and the same for films almost, of things I've watched recently or listened to recently and that I am enjoying. So with music, it's things that um, are like on repeat right now for me. Excellent. Okay. What's on your heavy rotation right now? Oh, it's really not a hot take, but <laughs> Rosalia, Motomami. Okay. So good. Tell me, I've so not heard good. it. Okay. So do you know Rosalia? Yes. I think I know one yeah. song. Okay. Which one song? I don't know how it goes and I don't know what it's called. Okay. <laughs> if you tell me what it's, if you tell me a famous song from the last two years, it's probably that. Okay. So it could be Malamente. Malamente. That's a terrible example. It Sounds could be. Um... This is top audio entertainment here. I, I think it's Malamente. Malamente. Okay. okay. So my familiarity with Rosalia is not strong. Not strong. Okay. So Rosalia studied flamenco in Spain, is from Catalonia. Mm -hmm. and draws from a lot of those influences. So her first album was very kind of guitar-y flamenco, almost acoustic-y flamenco based. Ooh. Second album took this, I want to say like 13th century book and put it into like this modern context with flamenco influence and with just lots of other influences. Like there's a there's like a Justin Timberlake, Crimea River sound in one of the songs. There's so much going on. I love stuff like that when it just draws in from everywhere. Motomami, her new album, really just stepped up on that. So for the past few years, she's been releasing lots of singles, collaborating with lots of reggaeton stars and The Weeknd as well. And it's really, you can really see the path from all of that to 
Motomami. And there's very much like in the name, like moto, if you think of like motor, motorbike, this like engine, power, like strength. And then this mami, like very feminine, very kind of delicate. And so motomami is like, to me, showcases this blend of this traditional, strong, heavy, boom, boom beats with this kind of delicate feminine side as well so it's in spanish primarily mm-hmm. there's bits of catalan to look out for there's bits of english to look out for there's bits of japanese influence as well mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun and i love that when something like that album really draws musically from lots of diverse influences to then draw linguistically as well ah oh, makes my heart happy <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's Rosalia Motomami. And when you listen to it, do you like, do you, are you the kind of listener who sings along? Are you a dancer? Do you just have it playing and do your thing? Yeah, playing and do my thing. Maybe I'll be walking. Maybe I'll be running. Sometimes singing in the car. Ah, yeah. I'm a bit of a dancer, I think. I, I like to. Yeah. If it's music you can dance to, then I'm home dancing. Okay, kitchen is going. There'll be some, something you can dance to. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, I have one last question about this particular, which is Motomami, in the way that you've put it in the notes, is in all caps. And I have recently noticed this so much in pop music. Yeah. And I'm a thousand years old. But why is everything suddenly either in? It feels yeah. like, is it called Motomami or is it called Motomami? One of my bands, Die Ärzte, which is a punk band that started in the 80s, their new album, I looked at the, the track listing, is all in all caps. Yeah. What? Why? That's a really interesting point. And if I go now to look at the, yeah, all the titles are in all caps with the exception of cute and A, B, C, D, A, F, G. But all the others are in all caps. Yeah. But then you I, also I, I don't get the, the lowercase girls, right? Where the Taylor, kind of Swift, Taylor Swift album and everything yeah. is in lower. Why are people suddenly capitalizing like crazy? Do you know, it's interesting because I think adds to the initial impression Mm -hmm. of that word or that song so when you see that album and all the titles are like boom capitals versus the taylor swift folklore evermore stuff where it's like all lowercase it instantly creates a different vibe yes an expectation as you go into it i think interesting so i guess Mm. do you think it's this is energetic music (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Oh, and I see some of your recommendations are in Russian. That's interesting as well, because Russian, the most commonly used like print is all caps print. It looks all caps. Yeah, it always looks all caps. Okay, but let's not skip ahead. Give me a few more groovy, groovy, <laughs> like, groovy yeah, give me a bit more <laughs> pop music. Okay, Stromai. Stromai, love him. Another, oh, another one of my absolute favorites. Literally one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. Another album which, to me, I really feel the similarity in the core kind of understanding that I get from both Motomami and Mastromai's new album, Multitude, Mm -hmm. which is in French. And it really feels to me like both of these are amplifying the something that I feel very strongly in that we are multifaceted individuals. We can be more than one thing. And yeah, Stromai just always... Oh, always does that so well you'll listen to a song and you think oh this is a nice happy song and then you read the lyrics and it's like, oh it's dark oh he really touches really does a good job on touching upon kind of modern concepts of our time modern yes some ailments but yeah. it's bouncy dancing music so yeah he's excellent mostly yeah. and stromai yeah. is belgian and sings in french mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, and your next one is, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm disappointed because I didn't realise that Daddy Yankee's new album, which I have to say I love the title, Legend Daddy. Legend Daddy. Legend Daddy. Apparently is his last album. What? No, what? Yeah. So with that in mind, I kind of went into it like, well, I need to listen to every song. I need to take it all in. Ah. And it's good. I like it. Excellent. I've never listened to Daddy Yankee by album, but I come across a lot of Daddy Yankee because he is such a legend of reggaeton and reggaeton has been such a... Like, I came to reggaeton through doing Zumba, probably not the only person in the world. And uh, yeah, stuck around and I love listening. It's such a upbeat Caribbean 
vibes music is great. It's great. Reggaeton is, you're never really wrong with reggaeton. And what would we say, lyrically speaking, tends to usually move in the area of party and body parts rather than the <laughs> rather than well, the socio-critical socio-political critical okay, areas um, i will recommend something out here which is a podcast series on spotify called loud and it's the history of reggaeton i think it's a 10-part series it's absolutely wonderfully bilingual so the it's just so freely bilingually made that it's wonderful and it really talks you through so yeah like what you say is true there was this phase where time began underground it then was quite frowned upon because it had all these themes of like sex and drugs and violence and wasn't widely accepted mm. as a result of that and you now get this counter to that so i don't know if you've heard the song yo pereo sola by bad bunny maybe no maybe maybe no um but you get songs like that and and bad bunny in general i think to a certain extent you you who all caps bad really bunny. all caps bad bunny <laughs> probably <laughs> and he really begins to then buck that trend mm -hmm. so yo pereo sola means like i like pereo perear is to dance provocatively like to grind up against someone oh. so oh. yo pereo sola would be like I'm just dancing on my own. I don't need you to be there behind me. Yo pereo sola. I'm dancing alone right now. Oh. And so the whole message is like, like independence. respect, respect the girl if she's dancing on her own, which for a reggaeton guy to sing becomes then quite a powerful thing. So there's elements of change. With the Daddy Yankee album, The Legend Daddy, it really draws in from every influence that he's ever had, I think you could say. There's some really cool songs in there with like some kind of Cuban horn sounds like oh it's delicious it's delicious so yes i recommend especially if you are into that sort of awesome thing. so these are i think these are Lindsay's probably three most mainstream recommendations for music that you can enjoy so if you want some spanish with a bit of catalan and a bit of japanese influence too there's rosalia if you want to listen to music in french and have a bit of a bop it's stromai and then you've got it's spanish obviously Your menu is very, very long and there's lots of music in Spanish, enjoyable. But I think we both enjoy a bit of Daddy Yankee. I'm going to come to one of my music genres that I enjoy in another language. I've got some music for you and I hope that you'll be able to hear this. Ooh, okay. I need to, well, I'm not going to sing it or something. I'm going to plug here. Hope you can still hear me and see if you can hear this. Okay. See if you can figure the language out. Bariki Congo, Bariki Ichiyangwe, Barika Sasi, Nandoku Sangwe, Napenda Congo Kama, Napenda Yanine. Yes! So this song, is... I have to tell you how I discovered it. <laughs> Actually, no, tell me your first impressions first. Sorry, Lindsay, go ahead. First impressions are it's either kind of Caribbean Eclipso y. or it's Afrobeat. It is, it is Afrobeat. And I've recently got a little bit more into. Afrobeat, Caribbean, but this particular song, when I went home to Germany recently, my niece, who is a baby, had had this little toy cactus thing. So it's a little cactus and you <laughs> you can switch it on and it plays a bit of music and then it does, does you know, it's like a little plastic toy and it does a little dance and the baby absolutely loved it. And for some reason, this particular song, there's like a version of it on the cactus. So the cactus kept singing like the Papa, Mama, eh, eh, eh. And it got so stuck in my head that eventually we shazammed it. And I don't know how this, how this singer got onto the cactus that like then my gets ordered in Germany. No idea. No idea. She saw it on a Facebook ad or something. <laughs> yes. And turns out it's a, it's an artist called Mandy Classic. And I've been sharing this video on social media this week, asking people like, what is this language? What is this language? I don't know. And we believe we, Andy Roberts did some uh, in the Facebook group, did a little bit of detective work. Now a few other people doing a bit of detective work. And they said he's recently been into the Bantu languages and he says it's in Swahili. It's a song called Congo and there's dancing around in the video and from The flags used in the video, I believe that he, what he means is Democratic Republic of Congo, because apparently there's two countries now called Congo. And uh, yeah, so they're dancing around with the Congo flag. And I just want to give props. And absolutely, it's been a bit of a rabbit hole and so enjoyable of this kind of really summery, sunny, beautiful music. And I think it's, I've always had a bit of a love for 
kind of the afro beat and then also what that has become in jamaica not so much reggae but i listen to a lot of dance hall kind of tracks and listen to like rhythms and like, you have a rhythm so it's like a pattern of a sound maybe some chords um and then you get different artists singing over it and my entry to that it's no surprise to anybody who's ever listened to the show before probably was sean paul absolutely love sean paul and i thought mm, does it count as a singing in a foreign language but it's such a good like opening it's been at least for me such a good entry to jamaican music scene how they do things there dance hall music in general there's a german band called seed so that's s-e-e-e-d and they do german dance hall and they've also had songs in in french i think they've got a new album out at the moment and the guy from seed this main singer from seed has now started offering a drum line academy you know how you have performance drum lines yeah, in the American kind of HS, HBC, sort of American black colleges do it a lot. And then in Europe, we know it more as like the Edinburgh military too, right? But like drum performances, yeah. which wasn't a thing in Germany, especially not in a modern way. So this kind of all these Caribbean influences and, and then also African Afrobeat influences and how they filter down and how then they get... I don't think appropriate. I do think appreciated and engaged with. And he's recently been saying, like, we love doing features. We, we need to do things with Jamaican artists, with U.S. artists to a certain extent, because we need to be taken seriously by them. This is important to us. And this kind of mix um, of the scene in dancehall, Caribbean feel, Afrobeat type music and the way the f they do features with each other and collaborate, even to the point where you get Sean Paul singing in Spanish on the song with, what's his name? Yes, thank you, with Jay Balvin. So there's just... There's an openness. It is like you say, there's, like you mentioned with Rosalia and with Daddy Yankee as well, there's the flow of languages into each other and the flow of different influences and cultures into each other. I just so appreciate and so love in that particular. Yeah. And just want to give a shout out to Mandy Classic with his song Congo, which is an absolute bop on a little cactus. <laughs> But also then if you find it after. So that was, yeah, yeah. That was my kind of Daddy Yankee spin-off as well, where you could just so much enjoy that. Now, Lindsay, your next recommendation is in Guarani. We've got a lot to cycle through. So let's do a bit of a list. What is it? Why do you enjoy it? What are the languages? Boom. Boom. Tierra Dentro. Agrigé. It's in Spanish and it's in Guarani. It was Latin Grammy nominated. Agrije means thank you? Yeah, spelt like with an I. It means like mm. thankful. Yeah, I, yeah mm -hmm. that would work. Yeah. Okay. And why do you enjoy it? And I love it because I love Paraguayan music. That there's this kind of genre called Guaranias. Very harpy, accordion-y. Oh, so many just delicious sounds. And there's lots of like traditional songs that then get covered again and again. So you hear the same words and the same lyrics and the same tune with different instrumentation and different interpretations quite a lot which is just mm. a lot of fun as a learner yes you know? yes and then the same lyrics getting carried across oh like cover versions oh that's cool yes and, and very learner friendly thank you very much Aquije, to the guarani scene there and then your next your next few are in russian yeah i got two russian recommendations dead blonde and Monotochka, really doing really cool things musically, and I like mm. them a lot. What type of music is it? Poppy, dancey, yeah, very sort mm -hmm. of mainstream, yeah, the or edge of mainstream. I don't know how you the say. only Russian. If if you asked me to name like a Russian musical act, I would probably say Discoteca Avaria, which is not really probably the most representative of you know. Oh. Like, not little big, <laughs> not little big. No, but they do love a bit of their techno, don't they? They do love a bit of their silly yeah. techno. So let's let them have it. Absolutely. And then you've gone all the way to Arabic. You've got much more linguistic variety in the music that you listen to. I listen to a lot of Arabic music, but one that I come back to a lot is Toot Ard. They have an album called Migrant mm -hmm. and I discovered them on a Spotify playlist called Syria Sounds. So it's like, oh, I don't know anything about Syria. Well, I don't know much about Syria, but I don't know anything musically about Syria. Let's have a listen. And I discovered this and I loved it. It's quite cool. I, I think the theme really for me is modern takes on traditional sounds. I love mm -hmm. that blend of stuff with music for me. So yeah, this is another good one. I like. Awesome. The Spotify playlist, or for me, it's I'm on Apple Music. The Apple Music playlist is... 
I mean, they know, right? Discoverability is a thing that we've been talking about with music and digital stuff and all those kind of things. And to a certain extent, once you start going into it, you get into it much, much more. And it's probably one of the best aspects of these types of what do you call them? Like music platforms? Like you don't go into, but like maybe like back in the day, I would go into like music zone and just stand there and flip through the CD cases or flip through the, you know, the, the vinyl or whatever and just like flip through and look and then respond to the cover or respond to an artist who's familiar or maybe ask them what they're playing and you'd listen to more, you'd listen to maybe the radio for like discoverability and I still do with Welsh music. I will listen to Radio Cymru's like shows that bring you new Welsh music because it's a very small scene. There is these days, it's much, much more digital playlists and all that kind of stuff. Do you think there's any kind of advantage or disadvantage in that? It's just sign of the times. Are we handing over control or like getting, I don't think, I don't think it's any different really, is it? I think it is different. When I was younger, like the music that I would discover, I would pay for with my pocket money cash from part-time job mm. or whatever and you'd probably want to either know at least one or two songs to be like oh yeah it's worth the seven ten pounds whatever to buy this album to have that song in my possession and if the others are good the others are good but now I think with playlists and I have a lot of playlists I wanted to recommend there's it gives you the chance to explore things more openly and freely I can listen to music from all over the world without needing to commit to buying one album at a time like you can really explore and then come back to what you enjoy and then support artists more directly through there if, if you're able to going on tour merchandise buying physical music or whatever that looks yeah. like for you. so yeah I think there's that advantage I think it's easy to say that the disadvantage would be the bigger artists just get bigger but I don't know if that's always necessarily the case. The playlists that I'm going to share, there's a lot of different artists on that otherwise I would never have heard of. And these are all playlists curated by yes, Spotify. Yes, and how would, how would radio play be different from that? Do you know what I mean? You don't really get an awful lot of radio DJs who these days are able to really nerd out about music. Apple Music tends to give you a little bit more commentary with its playlists. And um, they do this thing where for every artist, or almost every artist, really common, they've got like essentials and like introductory playlists and a little bit of a write-up. And it feels ever so slightly more editorial from spotify and and i switched because because of tech and boring reasons like i didn't take a ideological stand or anything like that but certainly i've quite enjoyed that it feels a little bit like just a tiny bit more like i used to read music magazines actually that was a big discoverability the cds that you'd get that came with a music magazine little cardboard thing where it'd be like sounds of the summer or rolling stone April <laughs> 1998 or something like that's how I would discover new music and like you say like we we can be we can be so much more multilingual now so Lindsay has got one two three four five six seven lots and lots of Spotify playlists I'm going to pop them all in the show notes and in the interest of keeping the episode a little bit shorter maybe I'm going to not go through every single one of them but Lindsay thank you so much and I'll pop them all into the show notes as well I just wanted to make a final mention as well for the sound mm -hmm. of Spotify or every noise so if you go on just onto the web and search oh, every noise I think it's everynoise.com and the playlists they have are insane all created algorithmically and stuff but not in the same way somehow so you have things like the sound of Myanmar indie the sound of indonesian acid house <laughs> pop or whatever right like really niche genres that you would never otherwise be able to find so that's a really good one in terms of playlists uh, this is great because for me it's not I don't usually find, if I'm thinking, okay, I'm learning Chinese, now I should listen to some Chinese music or something like that. I don't find that very motivating at all. I find it like a chore and now I have to go and do this. And that in itself doesn't give me enough. It doesn't help. But the genre itself is usually a really great entry point, right? So if it's music style that I already enjoy, and then I get the version of it in a different 
language that makes a huge difference to me and to be honest for me if i'm a beginner in a language that's very nice but i love um good lyrics and i like i really enjoy the lyrics so i do want to understand it which means when it is in another language if i really enjoy a track i will want to sit down read the lyrics work out what it means work out what they're singing and i'll get so much more out of it but that also means if my level isn't so high in a language or if i'm not really 100% that interested in doing the work i'm not usually going to respond to it that much and with that being said I love indie music. I love sort of alternative rock and all that kind of thing. And I just wanted to recommend a few artists and they are German. But if you're a German learner and you are, want to discover some new songs and you like a bit of indie rock like I do, then definitely, definitely two of these are absolutely, I, I don't want to say dinosaurs. These have been around and something I've recently found out is that both of these um, artists that these are all bands that I used to love when I was like a teenager, which we've already established is a long time ago. But they've all remained active. And one of them even has published or has released a new album this year where all the song titles are in all caps. So they're very modern. <laughs> they're down with the kids. Um, and they've remained really good. And with a band like that, if you get really into it, you can chart the musical development as well. So the first one, my top recommendation, if you are into indie and you want to listen to German music, you have to listen to Tokotronic. It's easy to remember and spell. Tokotronic are now it's four guys, used to be three guys from Hamburg, and they had a very strong sort of style, like the tight t shirt, flat trousers, tussled hair, indie boy kind of look. I was well into them when I was a teenager. And the other band is so the Doctors, the Edster, which is a little bit more from the punk genre but it's definitely like pop punk and the lyrics are incredibly clever observant they play with the language really well and just consistently enjoyable and for a band that comes from punk they've put an album about the values and like a really interesting reasonable song they've managed to make a good song about appreciating democracy which is incredible. So there's a little bit of a message and there's a little bit of Tokotronic used to be a little bit more outsider, society critical. And there's still that kind of vibe. They both give you a little bit of the outsider vibe, I think. And my third mention there is a band called Kraft Club. Kraft Club and the club is spelled with a K. So lots of Ks, which is, again, indie a little bit more indie disco, faster, with a bit of sort of shouty, rappy kind of stuff on it. And I believe the frontman is also a rapper. And if you're into Welsh music or you want to discover music, I've already mentioned Candelas a few times. They're, a, they're that version of music, but, but in Welsh. Um, and I have spoken to them because obviously the Welsh music scene is so small. We were talking before about how much you can get into the music, you know what I mean? Like, and how you talked about consuming, but also producing. And I feel like these types of bands, so there's a band called Tsunami SW, what looks like a W, N-A-M-I. So again, Welsh indie, that is what got me more interested in the Welsh festival scene, really, and gigs that you can do there. And then I started to look and I thought, oh, look at this. They're doing a gig at the Estefford, the national festival. And oh, you can volunteer there. And oh, you can see this artist. And then you see more artists. For me, it became... It's become like a sort of cornerstone of what makes me want to go there as well. And I will go and get gig tickets and I will go and see these bands and engage in that way. And I know you went to a big gig in Paraguay as well. And this sort of experiencing it is, I think, a big motivator and a huge, huge benefit to music, really. That is almost unique to music. Maybe you'll go to the cinema, but it doesn't feel the same as going to a gig in and in another language in another country where everybody's around you speaking Spanish or Welsh or German or whatever it may be, is truly special. Yeah, I wonder if theatre would have Ooh. the same impact. I think so. I used to go and see a lot of plays in English when I was in school because Shakespeare Company would go on tour and my, my school would put on trips where you'd go on a coach for three hours and then see and then come home. It was always really special because it felt more alive. And the thing with languages for me is that Ideally, you want some kind of way of making it feel alive and not just in a book. Yeah. And even not just on YouTube, because I think to me that still feels fairly two-dimensional. Yeah, it's different to experiencing something 
Yeah. yeah, there's a moment where you learn another language where you go, oh, this is real. People really talk like this. I have that in every language where I go, oh, people really speak this. And it just somehow, it just changes the game for me. Yeah, yeah. That's when I really, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm in. When I hear, and that's why I think people love traveling and all that kind of stuff. But that is for me when I'm in. I, I remember that moment with Welsh for me because I did go to the Estethod and I went camping. I was camping by myself and I woke up in the morning on the campsite and there's kids running around shouting things to each other and people having conversations over their breakfasts. And it was all in Welsh. And I was like, oh, it's real. I've seen it on TV and stuff, yeah. but now it's real. Now it's mm -hmm. real. So I really want to encourage if you are engaging with things or if you're looking at playlists and stuff, see if you can't, maybe see if those artists aren't maybe playing somewhere near you or they're touring or maybe there's somebody else who's playing near you so that you can get the three-dimensional, I don't know, the real life rather than just the media consumption. And films, I think, are a good bridge to that as well. Films show you the life lived in another language. And you're a resident film buff lady. So I'm going to hand over to you when it comes to films. I mean, that is what I love about film. That's, I think that's when you asked me, what do I look for? I think with music, it tends to be the familiarity or the something different. With film, it's often more so the something different. Show me a place, take me somewhere. Mm. And there's a lot of good films that I love. The first one I wanted to mention is maybe I think 2013 2014 so it's a little older but it has recently because I discovered you know the film Coda I think it won I know it won an Oscars, Oscar maybe but it's the the concept is based on a French film called which is the same storyline as Coda but is the original this used to happen a lot with like Japanese horror there was a stage yeah, there where they yeah. were making the ring and the grudge and just like, oh, just watch it with subtitles. We can do this, people. Come on. But yeah, I know that sounds a bit of a... They do it with Scandi Noir as well. Response. You know, where they, they did the bridge, but yeah. then it's suddenly the bridge between... It's like between Canada and... Like they took British stuff and made it into American stuff, which also didn't really work. A lot of times, I think The yes, Office is the exception, It did right? work with The Office. So yes, that's a good, really fun film. Slightly controversial in the fact that none of the actors in the family were actually deaf actors aside from that it's a film mm. that always makes me cry never fails the next one i have is jiro dreams of sushi and when i watch a film i have a note on my phone on my notes app and i write a six word review so i'm going to share my six word reviews please with you do oh love it love it <laughs> to give you to give you a little bit of a vibe so my six word review for jiro dreams of sushi is he really 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 likes sushi that's my six word review this is a japanese film about a, a guy who makes sushi it's a documentary it really i was really watching this on one half for the kind of the japanese-ness of it on the other half like the, i was really thinking about like how we devote ourselves to things how we consider work and all of that it really is a thought-provoking documentary and beautifully mm -hmm, mm -hmm. shot the next one is the skin i live in classic almodora my six-word review is "few." Oh, that's is on selling fire. So Antonio Banderas, along with Penelope Cruz, often in a lot of Almodovar films. Mm -hmm. So this is a Spanish film, and it's a really good film. It's one of those films that you're watching, you think it's one thing, and then halfway through, you're like, "Oh, done, done." So it's a good one. One I would recommend. Next one, downstream to Kinshasa. My six-word review is "moving." Love seeing a different place, which I think sums up what i said about mm -hmm. all of these this is a film in lingala and swahili and it's set in the democratic hey. Republic of Congo. again it's a ba papa, mama. papa mama da, da, da. Um, yeah <laughs> and it really centers on there was a i think it's called the six-day war and lots of people were injured they lost you know limbs and homes and all sorts of, of horrific consequences of this really short I want to say it was six day war and it documents their journey to Kinshasa to demand compensation from the government. You really see the, the kind of day to day mm -hmm. existence alongside the journey, the long, long journey that they go through for this, which is again, really eye opening stuff. The next one I think you are going to love and you should see as soon as you can. This is a film called Bad Lucky Goat. Okay. <laughs> My six word review 
was I think after another film that had a place where I was like, I want to go there because my six-year-old view is take me here too, please. And this is in Islander Creole English. That's what it says on movie. It's set in Colombia. There are some islands that I, again, I didn't know. And I discovered through watching this film when I researched after some islands that are off the coast of Nicaragua, but are Colombia. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know they existed either, but it's just such a short, fun little film. Oh, I love a short film. I get really irate. You know, when Batman is two and a half hours long and I was like, no, sorry, that's not a thing. That's, we're not doing that. I don't do that. I, yeah, I can't. It's one hour, 16 Ah, minutes. That is how long a film should be, I believe. It's, yeah, it's good fun. It's about a brother and sister they accidentally kill a goat with the truck and they're like, oh, what do we do with the goat? And so then it's them trying to figure out what they're going to do with this bad mm-hmm. lucky goat. Bad lucky goat. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. The next one is a much older film, an Egyptian film in black and white in Arabic called Cairo oh. Station. And my six word review is it's OG Manic. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like Island State? <laughs> no, what is it? I- Garden State? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's no it's from like the the the, the oh. 50s or something and it's just a really it's very fun it's very fast paced and it's really not what you would expect from that era yeah again i loved Excellent. it i loved it next film back into modern times song also without a name heard of it. complete opposite all of these I've watched on Ruby. My, my sixth word review is heartbreaking, real, honest, oh. ton of bricks. Spanish film with Quechua. It's about an indigenous woman who gets pregnant and then ends up selling her baby and then discovers that actually it's been... No, wait. No, hang on. I want to get this right because I don't want I want to do it justice. The story is song without a name. Okay, that's it. Her Basically, her newborn daughter is stolen at a fake. That's the core of it. And so it's about figuring out you quite, what happened. You quite enjoy a bit of film. Go. You enjoy a grim film, don't you? Like Christian, my husband, he, he likes watching uh, <laughs> things with the apocalypse in, things with spaceships in, or anything, or like depressing stuff. And I'm like, I can't. I, my heart gets so heavy. I can't do I, it. I need cheering up. This is oh. a heavy heart film. Whew. This is a heavy heart film. Cairo Station will cheer you up. Yep, Bad Lucky yep. Goat will cheer you up. Jiro Dream of the Sushi will cheer you up. And I think Family okay. Day will cheer you up. So majority, we're good. The next one, Five Broken Cameras, which my sixth word of view is, Life in Palestine looks tough as. This is a film in Arabic. I've heard of Hebrew, this, I think. And it's about, a, you've heard of it. Oh, it's about a guy who buys a video camera because his baby's just been born. He wants to document his baby's life. And ends up just filming the attacks on their town where they live or their village where they live as Israeli soldiers are trying to take that land. And every and the camera keeps getting broken. It will get hip shot by a gun. There's one camera that literally, if he wasn't holding the camera, he'd probably be dead because it takes the bullet for him. Yeah, really, again, a place that I don't know much about. Getting a slight taste mm-hmm. of that through film. The next one. I love this. This is uplifting. The Prince of Nothingwood. My sixth word of you. Want to watch all his films, please. This is primarily in English. There's some Arabic. I think Arabic. It's about a film director in Afghanistan who just relentlessly yeah. makes feature films. Like, and he's such a character. It's a documentary. It's really incredible. Like, you would think, oh, how can you make a film in Afghanistan? there's war people are poor blah 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 blah. like how can you do that this guy just defies everything he just goes out there he films he gets edited he makes a film an incredible rate and so he calls himself the prince of nothing wood because they've got nothing yeah it's like hollywood nothing wood but yeah really uplifting inspiring sweat is my final one and my sixth word of view is never connected to this lead before as in the, the type of lead character, this is a Polish film about a fitness influencer, a very svelte, very blonde, very beautiful. And you think, oh, yeah, no, never going to connect to this character, this lead character. But you really see behind the, mm-hmm. the gleam, essentially. And yeah, it's a really interesting take on that. And that's my list of, of 
recent oh, films that wow. I have watched. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, brilliant. Listeners, I hope you found something in this list. It's just, oh, I want to watch the fitness influencer film. Definitely. Yeah. The only Polish, Polish little, film I've recently come trial. across is the, the black and white one, where there's a nun that I think won some sort of award and it fell into the trap of the, it's far yeah, too Yeah, Ida, Ida, yeah. Oh, it's hard work. Absolutely. Yes, I've seen that too. And that is an example of the kind of film mm-hmm. that wins the awards. And so you think, oh, it must be good. But in reality, it's almost with those big kind of supposedly international awards, there is less recognition for films that aren't in English that mm-hmm. are just good films. Yeah, yeah. That people want Absolutely to watch. Absolutely nothing wrong with a bit <laughs> so of mainstream. they have to be, they get elevated to this no, I don't oh, really have many films to recommend wrong with I don't tend to watch a lot of films. And it's really, I think part of this is because the only place I used to watch films would, was when I went to the cinema. And obviously the last two years, I've been to the cinema once. Oh, and I went to watch the new Scream thinking, oh yeah, it'll ease me in. It'll be a bit of fun. It was horrendous. It was, it's rubbish. Don't watch it. So it's that I've really got very little. The only film I've watched and recently enjoyed is the film Patagonia. And Patagonia is special for language learners because it it does have Welsh in it. It is uh, half set in Wales and half set in the Welsh enclave, they call it, in Patagonia. So it is in Spanish, Argentine Spanish, and also in Welsh. And they also speak Welsh there with a Spanish accent. And it's interesting. And if you're interested in that whole kind of thing, then it's great. But also if you're interested in just a sort of very gentle love story type of thing then it's also really good yeah so patagonia would be my film recommendation i am out of the two of us probably more of like the reader i got the sense and i am i'm crime mystery girl so i've got a bunch of crime and mystery heavily scandi noir influenced so the scandi noir in case you don't know it's like a detective thing where someone gets murdered and it's in Scandinavia. So if, if somebody gets murdered and there's a detective trying to figure it out, I'm usually there. I'm here for it. There, I have books and TV that I would recommend there. But Lindsay, do you love a bit of a murder? Not really a crime mystery girl? I've got some entry then. I've got some things if you ever want to uh, watch people solve a murder. Okay, so the first one, I think the original in terms of the Scandinavian genre that did a lot for it is The Killing. It's called The Killing. In Danish, it's called for Brudelsen, which is the one where there's Sarah Lund, it's the detective, and it's a jumper, and we get the kind of classic, it's very tropey, the sort of flawed detective, but she is brilliant. The program is brilliant. Listening to Danish is great fun, particularly if you're a learner of any Germanic language or an English speaker, which you happen to be listening to this. I would recommend The Killing just to watch it and enjoy it. From that, you can go straight over to The Bridge, which had a few seasons and is consistently really good. That is in Danish and Swedish because the bridge refers to the bridge between Malmö and Copenhagen. That's it. So it's, and you get the Danish police and the Swedish police have to collaborate because the concept has been translated into a few other regions, but I think the Danish Swedish really works best. I've tried to watch the British French. No, let's not. It's not, it's not the bridge. It's the tunnel. Someone gets killed in the Euro tunnel. No, no, no. Let's not go there. <laughs> so the bridge or in Danish Brun. So just look for the bridge. Um, it's Scandinois. There's a French. This one's also interesting, interesting for its European multilingualism, I would say. There's a program called Salamander, which I have recently watched, which is in French and Flemish. So it's set in Belgium and it's quite notable because you watch the meetings, you watch people having the meetings, literally some people addressing other people in Flemish, responding in French, asking questions in French, responding in Flemish. And the the code switching is very natural in this particular program. The next up, I've got a show called Trapped, which is set in Iceland. And Iceland is a big sort of crime novel country as well because it's the home of Analdor Indrithason and Analdor Indrithason's Elendur series, it's called in English usually, is excellent. These are really excellent crime novels. I wish I spoke Icelandic so I could read them in Icelandic. Honestly, they're super, super cool, but translated in lots of languages. And I think with this, I will also forgive... Because you have to read it in translation anyway, unless you are an Icelandic reader, which in which case, congratulations, well done you, or you're Icelandic. Because it's already in translation, it, it doesn't really matter if you read it in your target language. Whereas otherwise, I'm usually, 
I would say if you have the ability, if you have the possibility to find culture produced in the cultural environment where your target language really is used, spoken in everyday environment, I would always advocate for that over reading like Harry Potter. So that's my two cents on that one. Anyway, the next program I have is, is called Hidden, which is notable because it's part of the Welsh TV thing where they film it twice. So, Lindsay, you can go on iPlayer and you can watch Hidden. And it is entirely in English, but I have already seen it and it was called Kreif and it was entirely in Welsh. And they just film it twice. I've never heard, I've never heard anywhere else do it. They don't dub it, no. The, I guess you've got bilingual crew, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's a bargain. Maybe you just get the actor to do the scene again and then now do it in English, now do it in Welsh. I really don't know. I guess you don't have to set up anything twice, but and there's no dubbing industry that is any good with English, right? Not like in Germany, where the dubbing industry is quite strong. So, yeah, the Kreith, C-R-A-I-T-H, or Hidden, you can find it under Hidden if you've got access to BBC. And the last one, I almost forgot to mention this. I almost forgot to mention Dark. Have you seen Dark? Big phenomenon. It's been huge. It was a Netflix program, which isn't really a crime mystery. I think when you first start watching it, you think it might be just a crime mystery. Oh, yeah, some kid went missing in a German town. But it very quickly becomes something different more complex more otherworldly it's the kind of show where you are guessing all along what on earth is even happening it's really well made it's part of this thing that netflix have done which is investing in producing content in another language right so not just english and then we're going to dub everything into german but actually give some money and give some time to in this case uh, a german creative team and a german writer and i think they've done this in other languages too but dark for me has been the big success i've just enjoyed it from start to finish i've enjoyed a few netflix shows it's about a kind of slightly nerdy teenage boy who his he loses his girlfriend to like the hot guy and uh, he's like, we're going to do. And then him and his friend Lenny, uh, who has a little tortoise, I think, they somehow get into selling drugs online. Like Lenny's kind of computer genius. And yeah, so then it's this secret thing yeah. that they do. It's really interesting. It's a lot of fun. And then I think the others are really obvious that I've watched. Like, they're good. Yeah. Oh, and course. like, obvious. I'm not gonna... um, like Squid Game in Korean, of course. I don't like gratuitous or not. Like I don't me. like screen. I will stay away from it. It's also, it, it has that thing yeah, that a lot of people enjoy El Casa de Papel, right? The uh, money heist, where it's just so stylized. Yeah, money heist. That was my next one. And it's, yeah. I think it's supposed to be like hyper real or something like that. But yeah. I don't find the connection to it. Like, I quite like a bit of dreariness almost. <laughs> That's, yeah, what you get more with the, the Scandi Noir is more, oh yeah, he's like a flawed character and they're grumpy and this is, it's all like a little bit grey. I find that a lot more accessible than the hyper, you know, we're all wearing the same suits type of thing. Yeah, no, that's, that is, I find it interesting, <laughs> like they really, Netflix have really got their money out of the red jumpsuits that they bought. <laughs> Some, for Korea's <laughs> For costume, <laughs> like Squid Game and Money Highs just like really yeah really making the most of the red jumpsuits yeah family business is french that's another good one and mm -hmm. selena oh selena i almost forgot in, in which is mostly in english but is like a kind of biopic of selena the the singer the the Tejano singer awesome um, yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna draw it to a close here but listeners i hope you found something to enjoy we have got we've gone through so many languages Lindsay. Spanish, Catalan, French, Guarani, Russian, Arabic, Japanese. You've, you've had some Hebrew in there. We've had Polish. We've had uh, Swahili as well. And you mentioned Lingala. German. Did I say German? German, of course. Flemish, Danish, Swedish, Icelandic. Lots of oh, Welsh. Duh. Lots of art to enjoy for all of you listeners. And please continue letting us know your favorites. I've got a Twitter thread going where lots and lots of people have replied. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. Give a shout out to John Mc... 
Quegg, who recommends There She Is! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, which is in Korean. It seems very Gesamtkunstwerk, you know, like every part of it is like a thing. It's just really incredible. And there's just so many recommendations that I've heard. Yeah, let's draw it to a close here. And I hope you enjoy some kind of art in your target language, whether it is books, etc. A good magazine, I think, doesn't go amiss. Even if it's just Cosmo to read it in French, it can be really fun. Have a little look around and see what you enjoy and allow yourself to meander through it. But remember, like Lindsay said, consume, but also think about producing and making it, just getting a little bit more out of it instead of just background ambience. That's my closing plaidoyer, closing statement there. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, Lindsay? No, I think you summed it up really nicely. Awesome. And we're going to link as well to Lindsay's Music Maestro course, which you can enjoy because Lindsay is one of my, definite one of my resources to go to for music in another language. And you've been into this for such a long time. And yeah, that's it for The Fluent Show, episode 237. All the show notes, if you want a clickable everything i'm going to throw as much as i possibly can at fluent.show slash 237 we have been kirsten cable and Lindsay williams and hope that you had a really enjoyable listen to us and with that it is goodbye from me goodbye and goodbye from Lindsay williams goodbye thank you for listening to the fluent show if you enjoyed this episode please support the show by subscribing for new episodes and leaving a rating and review in your podcast app you can visit us at fluentlanguage.co.uk anytime. Don't forget that you can send us your questions and feedback to hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find the show on Twitter and say hello over there. It's at The Fluent Show and on Instagram it's hashtag The Fluent Show. We're always happy to hear from you and we read every message and review. See you next episode.